0: Download the Move app and log in with your Mamma Mia login. Head to move.mamma and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription.
1: You're listening to
0: such a, a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to the Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. If you were offered a choice of the two vaccines currently available to Australians, which one would you choose? I would definitely be choosing Pfizer. I would get either. I would choose to have the Pfizer shot.
2: I'd go for Pfizer. I'd take either vaccine. I would just take whichever one I could get jabbed in my arm faster.
0: Today, we're looking at the vaccine hierarchy affecting Australians right now and how shopping around for a better one is causing more headaches in an already rocky rollout. Australia's COVID-19 vaccine rollout has a new name, Operation COVID Shield. While it has a semi-superhero new title, the same old problems are persisting with the country's slow rollout compared to others, worsening with the advice last week that the AstraZeneca vaccine only now be given to those over the age of 60, not 50. According to current data, Australia has administered nearly 6.5 million doses of a COVID vaccine to the general public. That excludes doses given through federal government programs. Assuming some of those are second doses, that means we've vaccinated just over 3% of the entire population, a much slower pace than has been set by other countries so far in their vaccine rollout. At the current rate of just over 107,000 doses a day, it will take another 48 days to vaccinate just a further 10% of the population. Despite the very small numbers, Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt says the vaccine rollout is still on track for 2021.
1: I do thank Australians for coming forward. We've had over 6.2 million vaccinations so far and a quarter of the uh, adult population have been vaccinated. So that's important protection to date.
0: We originally were all eligible for the AstraZeneca version of the vaccine, one that we would have ample access to as we were able to manufacture it right here at home. Until it started to emerge, there was a very rare but concerning side effect of the vaccine, a blood clotting issue that has since seen the deaths of two Australians, a 48-year-old woman back in April and a 52-year-old woman just recently. As of today, there have been 48 reports of TTS or thrombosis with thrombocytopenia syndrome. 35 of those cases are confirmed. 13 are a probable link. 31 of those people have now left hospital needing some ongoing outpatient treatment, while 15 remain in hospital, including one who's critically ill and in intensive care. Despite doctors across the country being able to now more quickly identify the possible cases of the rare thrombosis and how to better treat it, it makes people feel very nervous. Nervous enough to question whether to get the AstraZeneca vaccine or not. I don't think the AstraZeneca has a track record of complete safety and I don't think it's necessarily safer for older people either. I know the statistics suggest that the risks are still very, very low with AstraZeneca, but you kind of just don't want to be that person if you've got the choice to get the Pfizer and not be that one. The government, on advice from the Australian Technical Advisory Group on Immunisation after our first death from the side effect, changed the age recommendation for the AstraZeneca vaccine to be given to only those over the age of 50. Aussies started to feel like there was an us and them approach to vaccine delivery, that those over 50 were still fine to get a vaccine that was causing a serious side effect, even if it was just in a very few cases, but still no one knew if it would be them who copped it if they got the jab. Those who were vaccine hesitant decided to step back further. Those who were desperate to get the vaccine but didn't fit into the Pfizer National Eligibility Guidelines went down another path, vaccine shopping. Staff at GPs across the country are reporting that people are contacting them wanting to be given the choice as to which vaccine they receive. When both deliver almost the same protection against the symptoms of COVID-19 after two doses, the assumption is that people are scared to get the AstraZeneca version because of the blood clotting side effect. Quite often, when you have conversations about getting your vaccine, the very first question people ask will be, which one did you get? Dr Brad Mackay is a GP in Sydney and the author of Fake Medicine, exposing the wellness crazes, cons and quacks costing us our health. Dr. Brad, are you having conversations with patients where they're wanting their choice of vaccine?
2: Every day. I was working just recently on Saturday morning and my receptionist was just under the pump with everyone calling up and asking whether they could get the Pfizer vaccine. And at the moment, our clinic doesn't have the Pfizer vaccine. So it just totally blocks up our telephone lines. Everyone's confused. And with the change in the age limit recently, that's put another spanner into the works where everyone really doesn't know what they're doing at this point of time.
0: Are people actually getting upset that they can't get Pfizer?
2: Early on, I had quite a few sort of very animated conversations with patients who were asking me or demanding that I give them the Pfizer vaccine, which I don't have, and getting really angry about it. When I could only offer them the AstraZeneca vaccine, then they were very upset and then were asking me how they could get their hands on the Pfizer vaccine, even though that wasn't indicated for them. I think those conversations have mellowed out a little bit as people's understanding about the vaccines and their availability has improved. But things are changing every day at the moment, so we will see what happens this week.
0: Have you heard any stories about people who are actually trying to dodge the eligibility criteria?
2: So I've heard of quite a few different stories in a variety of different ways. In some instances, I've had patients who have gone towards the vaccine hubs at the end of the day. They've heard they might not be eligible for the vaccine, particularly for the Pfizer vaccine at this point of time. And then they've just queued up and hoped for the best. And then at the end of the day, if the vaccine hub does have some vaccines left over, then they're either going to go into the bin because they need to be used that day or they need to be going into people's arms. And, yep, we would all prefer for them to go into people's arms. But, again, like that's not a guarantee of actually getting a vaccine. It's just sort of hanging around, like, trying to get cheap bread at the end of the day from the bakery. This is, like, a very, very strange way of going about it, but people are getting desperate for it sometimes.
0: Of course, we've heard last week that the recommendation for the AstraZeneca vaccine has changed again now to be recommended for those over 60, Now, you've probably got, and you should have, a whole bunch of people who are in their 50s who've had their first dose of AstraZeneca. What are you finding from those people now? Are people cancelling their second AstraZeneca doses? Are they hoping now for a Pfizer vaccine instead?
2: I think most people who have already had their first AstraZeneca dose, like we're trying to explain to people that if you've been fine and haven't had this weird thrombosis, thrombocytopenia syndrome, then your chance of actually getting it with the second vaccine is negligible. So we haven't really seen cases of that happening. So if the first one's been okay, you're going to be fine with the second one. Also, the side effects from AstraZeneca can be quite bad with the first dose. And then with the second dose, it's a lot easier. Some people don't get many side effects at all from the second one. So it, it is safe to do that. But there is a bit of um, hesitancy going on. There are a lot of people who are worried about getting the AstraZeneca and they're not sort of like understanding that concept that they've already had the first one, they're going to be fine with the second one. So some people are cancelling. I think that's sort of hoping for a Pfizer vaccine later on or a different vaccine to be approved in Australia. But there's just sort of like a lot of worry and a lot of that is sort of unfounded worry as well.
0: What's the impact of people cancelling that second dose? Does that essentially waste their first dose if they don't get that booster?
2: So with AstraZeneca, we will normally do the booster dose after 12 weeks. So people are still in the in between time they've got time up their sleeve. So they may book later on and get the AstraZeneca vaccine at the 12 weeks, probably once everything's calmed down a little bit or else they may be hoping to get the Pfizer vaccine later on down the track. And the government certainly said that we should have more Pfizer vaccine as the the year progresses. Some people are saying July, some people are saying September, some people are saying later, but certainly those stocks are meant to be on the way. At this point in time, it's not recommended to mix and match doses. In Australia, we're trying to stick to the same vaccines at this point. Again, that may change very quickly. In Canada last week, they were suggesting that it would be fine to change from an AstraZeneca to a Pfizer booster. And there's some studies that are coming out from Spain and also from the UK that look very promising. That even if you're having two different vaccines, that you may get a better overall grounded response from your immune system. So um, you could be getting the Pfizer vaccine at that 12-week mark and be okay and actually have better coverage.
0: Now, look, you are on the front lines here of handing out this vaccine. You have to go with the ebb and flow of the information that's coming out from our government and health authorities. How do you feel the rollout is going as of right now?
2: That's a very good question. I think we're starting to sort of figure out what we're doing, but there have just been so many hurdles in place. So early on, my clinic was booking in patients. The doses didn't arrive, so we'd have to cancel the day, then we'd have our doses delivered the following day, and then we'd have to rebook everybody again. It's just been a bit of an administrative nightmare. And also it's taking a lot of time to do this. So my nurse even last week was having to call up everybody who was in the 50 to 59 age group and say, look, do you want to come in for your second dose? Do you want to come in for your first dose of AstraZeneca? And that just takes a lot of time and effort calling everybody who's meant to be coming in that day and yeah, trying to appease a lot of worry, a lot of panic, and trying to help people understand all of the scientific concepts of what's going on in a very short way. So it's been very haphazard. I don't think the left hand has really known what the right hand's been doing for a long time. I think GPs, especially, we're sort of caught off guard sometimes because we have an announcement that happens in the media and we need to change what we're doing with our clinical practice accordingly, straight away. So we are being kept on our toes and we're learning to roll with the punches. I think everyone's sort of been learning to roll with the punches over this whole pandemic period.
0: It has been reported that in the days following the announcement last week that the government had now changed the recommendation for the AstraZeneca vaccine from over 50 to over 60, the rate of those rolling up a sleeve has dropped. Not great news considering the COVID clusters in Victoria and New South Wales currently being managed by state health authorities. Health Minister Greg Hunt has promised that there are more doses of the Pfizer vaccine on the way, with nearly 3 million expected to arrive in Australia next
1: month. Over the course of the year, we'll have uh, 40 million units, and I confirmed that again yesterday with the country head of Pfizer. 2.8 million units uh, coming in during the course of July, so we'll be going from an average of 300,000 a week to uh, uh, over 600,000 a week. It still means that uh, people in these uh, age groups from 40 to 59 uh, would uh, gently ask for their patience, but Australians have been magnificent in coming forward but accepting that we're working uh, on a rollout which runs throughout the course of 2021. But the first four million took longer than we expected because of uh, uh, international supply questions. The last two million have been faster than we expected because we've had both supply and we've had Australians coming forward in record numbers.
0: The Victorian Government has also just announced a $5 million investment in the manufacture of our own mRNA vaccine here in Australia, currently heading into clinical trials at Monash University. But we don't know how long it will be until they start to manufacture a commercial supply. While the AstraZeneca vaccine continues to take hits as far as our trust levels go, there may also be an international knock on issue with which vaccine you get once our borders reopen. Currently, if you want to travel around Europe, for example, you need an EU COVID vaccine passport or certificate. Those holding the passport will be able to travel through Europe without the need for quarantine or testing for COVID unless it's a requirement of the member state they're entering. The four vaccines approved for access to those passports are Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca and the Johnson & Johnson one-jab versions. But in the US, regulators haven't approved the AstraZeneca vaccine even though they've stockpiled it, the government accused of hoarding. So if they don't approve it, will it be recognised on a vaccine passport when the time comes and we can travel again? That also applies to those who've had the Russian Sputnik vaccine or the Chinese versions that use inactivated virus, a version generally considered to be less effective. So with the fears, the confusion and the perception that the Pfizer vaccine is the better choice, is it time to give up on AstraZeneca altogether?
2: I think at this stage, AstraZeneca is still a good vaccine, but the reputation has been damaged considerably. So with the shifting goals, shifting age groups, still this very rare plot that occurs, and it takes a little bit longer to kick in compared to the Pfizer vaccine, it does have a bit of a damaged reputation at the moment, unfortunately.
0: That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy and Melanie Tate. Audio production by Ian Camilleri. And if you're keen to shoot us some feedback on the show, we'd love to hear it. Just rate and review us in your favourite app today. Mamma Mia! acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation.